step inside into the world of Lady Teal's Curios. Good evening, Curious Minds. Tonight, we are joined by celebrity psychic Laura Powers. Laura is an entertainer, actress, model, host, singer, writer, and speaker. I originally saw Laura speak at She Podcast last October and was immediately drawn to her friendliness and authenticity. Psychics and mediums have always fascinated me, but at the same time have left me a little skeptical. Laura does a great job at giving us her perspective on the world of psychics as well as sharing her personal experiences and becoming a psychic. She is also the host of the popular film and television podcast Behind the Scenes with Laura Powers, and she also has a Top 100 podcast called Healing Powers Podcast. She is the author of seven books and editing two other books that will be released in 2020. She travels full-time for clients, television, and other media appointments, and of course, for the love of traveling. Laura has been featured on several television channels and networks, including BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, The CW, Jet Set, and many more. She was recently interviewed by Will Ferrell on his podcast, The Ron Burgundy Podcast, and we talk a little bit about that in the show tonight. As always, I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and remember, stay curious. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you became a psychic? Sure. So I think uh, many people who consider themselves psychic have had abilities since they were a child. I was definitely one of those people. Ever since I was little, I've seen and sensed ghosts. So that's what first showed up for me were ghosts. And I actually, growing up, thought that maybe I was crazy because I could tell that other people didn't see what I did. So I could tell by observation. I remember asking my mom when I was maybe seven years old if she saw things. And I knew based on her response that she didn't know what I was talking about. So I just kept it to myself and just decided that was probably the safest thing to do. Was concerned about being labeled as crazy, you know, insane asylums, all that kind of (laughs) stuff. And so I just kept it to myself. But as I got older, my abilities got stronger and stronger. And I could be a trans medium. I choose not to be, but spirits did try to get in my body. So, you know, it was definitely intense and traumatic at times. And when I was in college, a family friend described a ghost I'd seen but never told anyone about. So that was a really changing moment for me because I realized like he couldn't see something if it was just my hallucination. And so I knew I wasn't crazy, but I still didn't really have the tools to do anything about it. It was a very different time in terms of the internet. And I didn't have any teachers that were just in my circle at the time. And so I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which was to try to block it out. And I successfully, fairly successfully did. I still had things that would come in now and again, but overall I I was, you know, just kind of ignoring it and blocking it out. And then fast forward many years and I was in a really bad place in my life. I was in a bad marriage. The recession was happening. I was unemployed. I was physically ill, you know, no money, no job, just everything was a mess. I went to a psychic to try to figure out what the heck to do with my life (laughs) at that point. And uh, she, without me, of course, telling her, explained how when I blocked out my abilities, I blocked out what I needed to know and my intuition, which made sense. So I set about the intention of opening back up at that point. 
and immediately had an angelic visitation experience. And it could just, every my perspective completely shifted. I started uh, reading about angels and, and a little bit after that, I started learning about psychic abilities and taking classes and everything shifted very dramatically. And I, at that point, was just trying to like manage my life. It never occurred to me that I would be a professional psychic, but it became pretty clear as I got down the path that that's what I was being guided towards. <laughs> that's awesome. So how would you describe the difference between psychics and mediums? There's a lot of listeners um, that I have who are skeptics and they're not really familiar with anything in the, I don't know if you want to call it supernatural, paranormal, whatever, but um, how, sure. how would you describe the difference between those two? To me, a psychic is a broad term. So, I mean, you can have a psychic that's a tarot card reader or tea leaf reader, or, you know, sometimes people that are astrologers also think of themselves as a kind of psychic. So to me, psychic is a very broad term. And a, a medium or a psychic medium is someone who communicates uh, with spirits and, and beings from another plane or the other side. So I am a psychic medium. I'm a medium. I communicate with spirits who've crossed over. I communicate with angels, spirit guides, you know, all kinds of different beings. Um, I have just started to use the term psychic because I feel like it's broad and general and people that aren't in this world, they at least have a sense of what psychic means. If, mm-hmm. if you're not into this world and you hear medium, you're like, a lot of people don't even, they're like, what is that? <laughs> they're confused. So I just started using the term psychic because I do a lot of like mainstream work in the media, um, on television with celebrities, et cetera. So I I decided that that was just a good term for me to use. And then when I'm uh, talking to an educated audience, then I go more into specific terminology. Okay. So with everything that's going on in the world right now, are you getting like a lot of feedback or like spiritual responses from different things? Like, I mean, the, the world is crazy right now. So <laughs> I would imagine it's crazy and it's calm all at the same time, meaning, meaning like in, internally it's crazy, right? It's crazy right. for us in terms of our psyche and the transition, but you, it's funny, you walk outside and like, wow, nature's chill. Things are growing. Yeah. You know, animals are back where they weren't. There's no pollution in the air in Los Angeles, you know, I mean, so it's a strange kind of dichotomy. Um, but I know what you mean in terms of the human realm. It's a really crazy time. So yeah, I, I definitely, have to shield and clear my energy a lot from a lot of this sort of collective anxiety that's happening right now. So I'm an empath, which means I feel emotions and energies outside my body, in my body. So I'm definitely having to do a lot of time right now meditating, clearing my energy field. <laughs> that said, I'm actually pretty busy with people that are looking for guidance, trying to check in with you know what's going on sort of as a whole, but also in their life, you know how to plan, how to move forward with this you know big change that's happened for everyone. Very cool. Um, I know for me, I've never really felt like a, I had any kind of special gift like that. So I, I know you mentioned you blocked your gifts out when you were very young. How can somebody tell if they do have a gift or if they have some connection to the spiritual world? Well, first of all, I would say that I think everyone has some kind of ability, just like almost any other type of ability, you know, whether it's artistic ability or athletic ability, for example, there's a range, right? You know, Mm -hmm. 
most of us are going to be able to do some form of athletics or some kind of creative exercise, but not all of us are Picassos are going to be in the Olympics, for example, <laughs> you know, and some people have a lot of natural ability, but they've never trained. They, you know, they've never practiced it. And so they don't even know what they're capable of. So I do a lot of uh, psychic development training and teach classes. And it's amazing to me how I'll get people that sometimes come into a class and they just basically kind of feel drawn to it. They're curious want to tap into their intuition more and then we start doing extra psychic exercises and they are super psychic but they just never tried they've never had a teacher imagine you know could you learn to read or write if you'd never learned the alphabet no so I think that's the case for a lot of people and even with in my situation even though I very clearly had some strong natural abilities it really took a lot of training for me to be able to call in it at will to learn how to have boundaries so that it wasn't kind of taking over my life when I didn't want it to be there and how to access it when it just wasn't showing up automatically. So I think, you know, there's a lot of lack of understanding about the psychic realm. And I think so many of us have abilities that are just untapped. And I, I one of my big missions, I believe, is to try to educate people. Um, and, and I do work a lot, for example, with mothers and, and their children um, who have very psychic children and they're just trying to figure out what the heck to do because, yeah, they don't get tools for that from teachers or society as a whole. <laughs> I watched your BuzzFeed video and <laughs> that was super cute and fun. <laughs> I, I noticed one of the ways that you described the way you see things is they kind of send you like a little video. Can mm -hmm. you go into more depth about that? Absolutely. So, you know, there's different types of psychics and in terms of like the ways that a psychic receives information. So I'm a clairvoyant. Um, that means I see, I see spiritual images. I'm also an empath, which means I feel in my body. Like if someone has a physical illness, I will like feel it in my body. If I'm reading them, for example, um, I'm a little clairaudient, which means hearing, but my strongest two senses really are the visual component and the, um, you know, the feeling, the empathy. And so when I tune in, one of the first things that will frequently happen is I will see either just pictures, like still pictures, or like a video that plays out that's telling me a story, some kind of like information. So when I do a reading, I sometimes pause, I can like watch, you know, whatever they're showing me, and then I relay <laughs> whatever it is that I'm receiving to the person that I'm reading for. Have you ever not been able to read somebody or been blocked? I would say that certain people are easier to read than others. So I've never gotten nothing. Like there's always something that will come through. But if let's say someone is very skeptical, uh, it's kind of, it's like harder. It's like there's, there's resistance to it. And so information doesn't come forward as easily, or it might be more subtle. Someone's very open. And also if they are very psychic themselves, I actually do read for a lot of other psychics and train them. And so like when I'm connecting with them, it's like, they're open to that. It's like, bam, the information comes forward mm -hmm. really strongly, very clearly and easily. So I wouldn't ever say that I've never got, I, I've gotten nothing, but <laughs> um, I would, I would just say that it, sometimes it's just a little bit harder to read and um, not as strong. I imagine like being an empath and reading all of these people, sometimes it can be really tough. Like I bet a lot of personal stuff comes through for oh, people absolutely. and painful things like mm -hmm. how do you manage that and how do you do you have to compartmentalize it or like how do you handle all of that yeah it definitely takes a lot of energy so I might have a you know relatively short session 15 minutes or 30 minutes or something and be really exhausted afterwards mm -hmm. because of the emotional content of the reading and also just the energy that it takes to channel that kind of energy so also to give people uh, a context so when I first started 
you know, I might read for an hour and, you know, get, get a fair amount of information, but like now it's kind of like practicing or like imagine an athlete or even like a kid that starts walking and then like they learn to run. Like I can, um, now get a very large amount of information in a very short amount of time, but it still takes a lot of energy. So mm -hmm. think about like, you know, if you sprint for 15 minutes, like you're going to be really tired afterwards. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, where I definitely have more stamina than I used to when I started, but it still takes a lot of energy and I definitely have to manage my energy field, learn how to clear my energy, meditate just conscientiously after uh, a, a reading, for example, just basically send that person's energy back to them. So as an empath, I, you know, the energy comes in, I feel it, it's information. And then I feel like, Oh, not mine back to you. And then the other thing that's really helped me with that process. And especially right now with coronavirus is understanding that whatever a person's challenges are, there's a lesson associated with it and things that we're learning. So there is no suffering without purpose. So if, a, if someone is struggling with something or in pain or whatever, there is a spiritual reason for it. I, I can't always know why. I mean, if I start to look in psychically, sometimes I get in information, but that's not always my place. I only look when I'm, when it's affecting me directly or when it's, you know, being asked of me as a psychic. But I now know from my work that th there are no accidents. So even though, yes, there's a lot of pain and struggle right now, that there is a spiritual reason, there's a silver lining. And I have a lot of compassion for everyone going through things that they're going through right now. And I went through a similar process, I think, uh, during the recession when I was physically sick, unemployed, in a bad marriage, you know, no money, my job went away, um, trying to figure out what the heck to do with my life. And I feel like there's a lot of people <laughs> where that's happening right now. But yes. you know, everything that was taken away from me at that time, I'm like in a much better place now, meaning it felt horrible at the time. I mourned it. I was scared, you know, anxious, devastated. But when I look back on it, that was actually the best thing that could happen to me because it was all I knew. So I was, you know, in a way happy to be in it. But like once I got distance from it and saw how much better my life could be, then I realized that it was really a great thing that all those things were taken away. I know you were recently on Ron Burgundy's Yes. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> I was on uh, Will Ferrell's podcast with, uh, which is the Ron Burgundy podcast. It was great. I mean, he's really fun, very gracious, easy to work with. I think you know my undergrads in theater, and I did improv for years, and used to make my living as an actress. And I definitely was leaning on those skills because this was not a scripted thing. Like I, I was being interviewed live as if. Ron Burgundy is a real person and had to act like he's actually asking me those questions. So there was no preparation. It was just like, and go. Um, so I really utilized my improvisational skills to, you know, kind of pretend as if it was real, <laughs> but it was lovely. Um, I would definitely work with him again. And, uh, you know, he was very gracious. I've been podcasting now for about nine years and he was very complimentary of, you know, being a podcaster, which is, which is awesome. That's so cool. And you interview a lot of other celebrities. Do you have any significant stories that you remember? Yeah, I work with uh, a lot of celebrities in general. And, and then I have done many different interviews because I have several different podcasts. Gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think Will Ferrell, was, that was definitely a highlight. But then the other thing I would be remiss if I didn't mention is 
that I, I channel a lot of like dead celebrities. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so I have videos of that. If you want to see that, um, you know, when I first started uh, doing mediumship and I opened up the channel and, you know, these celebrities showed up for me. And by the way, before I even considered myself a psychic or understood what was going on when I was an adolescent, Marilyn Monroe showed up for me. Are you she's, serious? I think, yeah, she's one of my, I would say, guides, soul sisters. Aww. I feel very close to her. And she showed up not as the sort of flashy on Marilyn Monroe, but, you know, her sort of Norma Jean, just quiet, um, mm -hmm. you know, more private side. And, and so I've always felt close with her. And then as I learned and got my training and I would open up the channel, I'd be like, Oh, there's Abraham Lincoln. Oh, there's, you know, um, Jim Morrison, whoever, it was always like a very interesting <laughs> thing to see. <laughs> and my favorite, one of my favorite channeling sessions with a celebrity involved, uh, Amy Whitehouse that I had done, I think it was maybe a year ago or just a little bit over that ago. And I opened up the channel and, and I'd been, it's been requested by a television producer I was working with at the time that I do some of these on video. So I did it on video and I, and this is rare for me. I don't, this is not something that normally happens, but as soon as I opened up the channel, I could just feel her emotion and I started crying. Like I started oh, crying wow. on camera, just feeling her sadness that she, you know, had processed in her life and everything that she you know went through. So yeah, definitely feel very close with her as well. And I do want people to know that, you know, once the celebrities pass, it's not like they just stop. They're still continuing to try to create and make an impact. I mean, and you think you look at Hamilton, the, you know, the Broadway musical, mm -hmm. that's not a coincidence. Like he's definitely was on the other side, like actively working on uh, making that happen. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Hey, I didn't get to be president, but you know, I'm going to have a Broadway show and it's going to be number one. <laughs> and, yeah. That's like one of the most popular Broadway shows. Oh right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, like what about encountering evil or negative energies? Do you, I know some psychics I've talked to before, they prefer not to use the word evil and some just view it as like, negative so where do you stand on that yeah I don't think evil really is the the appropriate word for me I I use I tend to use the words like dark and light because I feel like they're just different forces and even the dark though I don't recommend like actively you know using darkness meaning like I, I definitely would recommend wouldn't recommend black magic or um, cursing people or things like that but I, I think we uh, have to acknowledge that there's always something that is being taught to us by the dark. Mm -hmm. And if we're drawn to that, then there is a lesson associated with it. So I choose to work with the light and I would consider myself a light worker, but I don't think of certain things um, necessarily as evil, but something is where there's a lot of darkness. And, and a lot of times when there's a lot of darkness, it simply means that that particular person or situation is, is kind of a young learning situation, meaning think about uh, a young child, you know, a toddler, they would do things that we would label bad, mm -hmm. um, bite people, hit people, break things, you know, throw temper, temper, temper tantrums, but they're not a bad person. They're just haven't learned yet. And so mm -hmm. the thing is, when you are like a toddler soul, you are, you are killing people, you are destructive, you know, you haven't learned yet the consequences of those kinds of things. And we have a lot of very young souls uh, in positions of power right now <laughs> and learning these, these tough lessons. And many of these things only are learned through multiple lifetimes of incarnation. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, do you believe like people are reincarnated into different bodies or plants or 
nature? How does that work? Yeah, I believe we are reincarnated primarily in animal forms, although I have been shown that as we learn to incarnate, we might incarnate as literally a cell or an amoeba or something very small just to kind of feel what it's like to be physical. It's a new thing, you know, (laughs) and then as you get more um, experienced in life, then you start to sort of elevate the different complexity of life forms that you go into. And I think generally people that are humans have been humans and maybe some animals. There is some crossover between souls that go into animals and humans. Um, But certainly if we're here having this conversation, I pretty much guarantee you've had at least one or a few other lives uh, because it's just the way that it goes. And, And I think most of us have had a lot of lives. If, you know, if you're in a developed place dealing with kind of adult issues right now, um, you've probably had a fair number of lives. (laughs) Interesting. I always thought about like what kind of animal I would want to reincarnate. (laughs) If that, if so, just so you know, like I am not sure where I stand as far as believing Mm -hmm. all of this goes. I grew up in a very fundamentalist Christian household and we were taught that psychics, fortune tellers, mediums, all of that were very evil. Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with all that perspective as well. (laughs) I've certainly heard it. Yeah. So to me, it's super fascinating. And like I grew up watching, you know, the medieval movies that have witches and wizards and all of that. And the, the woods are enchanted and that always spoke to me. So I just, I find it all very fascinating it's something that um, it's weird because I, so I'm about to be 34 and I've only been out of that religion for maybe five years. Mm. And so I feel like I'm very young and this whole (laughs) spirit realm, learning all of these new things. Every time I interview somebody, it just opens up this whole new world. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, your timeline, I think, is is very common for people. So I didn't really open up to my psychic abilities on purpose um, until I was 30. So I think I think that happens very frequently. And uh, to me, a lot of times the 20s are about like kind of what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then you get 30 and you're like, wait a second. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that or, you know, things aren't aligning up. And so I, in a way, I kind of feel like I started over when I was 30 and I, I went back and did things that I hadn't done when I was like I went and lived in China uh, went taught English and you know just kind of had this whole other start and also went back to more creative work um, I, I think you know I people have absolutely the right to believe whatever they believe and they have different backgrounds they're gonna have different cultural experiences and also different perceptions I don't expect people to believe what I believe because they don't have my perceptions we mm-hmm. tend to make our a, a beliefs about the world based on how we experience it. And my experiences have not been the same as most people's experiences. I do think it's great to be open and curious. I've certainly had a fair number of skeptics that at least started to question things when I said things that there's no way I could have known. And, you know, for example, something that is not Googleable, that is maybe something they've never even told a person and then it comes up, you know, in a session. So I think, you, you know, we, we can't explain some of those things. And also I don't think even our science is quite up to accurately depicting and understanding some of these things. So for example, 
uh, radio waves have been around since the Big Bang, but it wasn't until radios were invented that we could capture them, measure them. You know, they've mm-hmm. always been there. But, you know, when the guy that invented radios was working on that technology, he was actually put in an insane asylum because people are like, what? You're going to capture voices over the air? <laughs> that sounds crazy. You know, so I think fast forward in many years, we will have devices that will actually be able to capture and measure some of the stuff that I use for my work. Um, I believe we all have it. And I think even if you're skeptical, most people have had the experience where they pick up the phone and they, they know who's on there before they see the display or Mm -hmm. think about someone and then they, you know, they run into them or, you know, something had a bad feeling before something happens. You know, we've, I think we've all had something like that happen. And, and I think it's just a matter of being open to it. And then once you believe it, I think we do attract things based on our beliefs. And so, because I fully am in this, then I attract way more of this kind of stuff (laughs) than the average person. So you have several podcasts and have written, was it seven books that you have now? I've published seven books and then I have two that will be uh, published within the year. Two more. That's awesome. One on podcasting and one on my work with animals. Oh, fun. (laughs) So what do you typically talk about on your podcast or get into usually? So my biggest podcast is Healing Powers Podcast. That's the one I started about nine years ago. And that's a podcast where we deal with kind of mind, body, spirit stuff. So we might talk very much about some of the psychic stuff that we're talking about now. And then we might have an episode where we talk about, you know, the gut and digestion um, or parasites or, um, you know, sexuality. I mean, it's like kind of all over the place in terms Mm -hmm. of the content, but, but everything I believe connects with our overall kind of health, wellness, um, emotions, you know, spirituality. And then I host several other podcasts that are on very niche subjects like music, film and television, um, design. And, you know, basically I use podcasts as a way to connect, to learn. I wouldn't be where I'm now with, as I've you know, mentioned, the television work, celebrities, um, Will Ferrell show, et cetera, if I, if I hadn't had a podcast because I think it really helped me get to where I am today. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of podcasting. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I've, I've been a longtime listener and dabbler and, and have had multiple podcasts, but this one has been my absolute favorite because I've met so many very intriguing people. So it, it definitely opens the door to, you know, having new experiences and connecting with like-minded individuals. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love the people that I've connected with. And I think it's, you know, when you have a platform like this, you're, you're able to connect with, you know, thought leaders, um, successful people. And I feel like you learn from them, but also energetically, there's a bit of like you absorb and like take some of that on. And I think it's really powerful. So I'm very curious, like for somebody who maybe is interested in psychic or mediumship and maybe they want to get into the themselves, where would you recommend they start as far as going down that road and learning for themselves? Yeah, I think the first thing is doing a lot of exploring, reading, you know, watching videos of teachers that you resonate with. For those who feel um, drawn to it, I teach psychic development. I'm actually doing a lot of that right now during coronavirus. There's a lot of people like wanting to tap into their intuition and have time because, you know, they don't have a full-time job anymore or something. So, you know, I think practice is really the best thing. And just to work with teachers that resonate for you, there's just like any, anything you're going to learn, there's a lot of different teachers and a lot of different approaches. And I think you just have to find like the right fit. 
and also feel free to explore you know sometimes you have to try something to know if it's the right fit or not um but yeah just i i remember when i started in this realm i i was like reading like a book every day or two on this stuff it was just like <laughs> Like absorbing, absorbing it all in like <laughs> Yeah. So just whatever you feel drawn to, just, you know, follow that, honor that. And also conversely, if something doesn't resonate with you, I mean, there's teachers that are going to say completely opposite things from each other. And, you know, you have to sit without yourself and feel what resonates for you, what feels right. And if it doesn't feel right, even if they're quote unquote an expert, then, you know, that's okay. You don't have to go down that path. I imagine there's a lot of uh, having to trust somebody and put your trust in them when you're learning from them. And that I find that kind of hard in today's world with all the, you know, the media you can't trust. And um, people are just very skeptical of other people in general. So like, how do you build trust with someone that you want to learn from? Do you just follow your gut or do you go off recommendations from others? I think both of those things you said are good. So definitely pay attention to your gut, your intuition, what you feel drawn to. I think referrals are good, but also keep in mind that person may not feel the same way that you do. I think that we're living in an amazing time where it's great because there is so much information on the internet, you know, so you can look at my Yelp reviews or, you know, what other people have to say, not just in my words, but what other people do. Uh, you mentioned BuzzFeed, you know, so I was on BuzzFeed mm-hmm. a few years ago and you can watch me doing a reading and see the people that I'm reading for react, you know, see how does that feel for you? Uh, so most psychics have some kind of online presence at this point. And if they don't, for example, you know, maybe if you've gotten a good feeling or you've gotten a referral, okay. But I do think it's, it's really good to do research on someone and cause you are, you're putting your energy field you're, you know, potentially they're helping you make decisions, um, affect your path. And, and there are unfortunately a lot of charlatans, a lot of fakers. And, uh, you know, I've certainly have experiences, um, in my own life, right when I launched my business as a psychic, my hometown is Lafayette, Colorado, which is a pretty small town just outside of Boulder. The same week that I started my business, a woman in my hometown of like 25,000 people at the time got arrested for fraud for doing like fake psychic scams where she was like asking people for like tens of thousands of dollars and things oh like gosh. that. Um, you know, so yeah. And then on, uh, even recently I had considered switching my credit card processor and was going to use Stripe. And they said, well, we can't cover psychics. And I just said, why? And they said, well, because a lot of psychics are fronts for money laundering. Oh. And it really made sense to me because a lot of the storefront psychics, you know, the, the designs with the, you know, the palm reading sign and the, yeah whatever and they often would feel really horrible like just really bad energy to me and they're also it's like with being like very expensive real estate and I'd never seen anyone going there and I'm like I don't get it so you know that made a lot of sense and and by the way every single like professional legitimate psychic that I know does not have a storefront they all work from home meet people at places or work you know remotely so just something to keep in mind that I'm not saying there aren't some storefront psychics, you know, mm-hmm. that aren't legitimate, but it's just all the ones that I know aren't. <laughs> so I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I can picture like two local storefronts and they sound exactly how you described them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just be wary, you know, be aware you are putting your energy in there and, you know, potentially making decisions off of some of what they said, you know, we're all influenced by things people say. 
Um, mm-hmm. But especially if someone's going to a psychic, they're probably more likely to be influenced. <laughs> <laughs> hey, curious minds. If you're like me, you probably love podcasts, history, and stories about the paranormal. Check out this promo of one of my favorite podcasts and give them a listen. Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by using the handle at 3 Girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. And now back to the show. Well, working in entertainment, um, I've had a little experience in film and in the back end as far as camera work goes. And there's a lot of like setup and, you know, there there is a lot of fake stuff that happens in film and TV. So um, when you're doing these entertainment shows and movies, TV shows, et cetera, do they ever make you, do the producers ever say like, hey, we need you to read something positive or, hey, we need you to read this way or that way? <laughs> um, I've never had that experience, but I also just, I just wouldn't do that. So uh, I, I'm blessed everything that I've worked in. It's been very direct and honest. And for example, the BuzzFeed one, I'm just reading on camera. I'm just reading whatever I read and then they, you know, edit it together, how they edit it. Um, or if I work paranormal investigation, like I'm on a news show for paranormal investigation, they're just asking me what I sense. There's nothing that's been faked in any way. But just to let people know that happens a lot in the industry. I'm very aware of that. Um, so definitely take everything with a grain of salt. And w- there was one paranormal investigation group I was working with. And I'll just say, I won't say the name of the show, but one of the big paranormal investigation shows had investigated where we were investigating and and they told us that um, at this venue that they had set up a lot of fake things Mm. um, to appear on camera like it was paranormal activity. So that definitely happens. And it's unfortunate. And to my perspective, it's also unnecessary because this was a place that was super active. And if we had just had more cameras set up, we would have captured all kinds of crazy stuff that we did not set up, like, you know, (laughs) that they were just doing. So yeah, but I think when you're in film and television, a lot of times they're under pressure to create you know, drama and, you know, something that really grabs people's attention. And unfortunately, that means there is a lot of fakery. Right. Yeah. They're usually under deadlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, when I watched your BuzzFeed um, clip, it was, I felt like it was totally authentic. So mm-hmm. I very yeah. much related <laughs> to that. Um, but yeah, I, I love those ghost shows, but there's always that side of me that's like, hmm, I wonder if they set that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a lot of that. And but at the same time, there are things that happen that are incredible. Um, you know, I've done a lot of the paranormal work in in the South, um, New Orleans and um, Alaska, Mississippi, but it's just very active down there with places where, you know, the Civil War happened. And 
I'll never forget. I was in a cemetery in New Orleans in the middle of the day. It wasn't even night. And like these bricks like fell over by themselves, you know, by themselves. And it was totally a spirit that moved by, you know, so these things do happen. But the other issue is like, you don't always have a camera on exactly that, you know, when it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other good paranormal stories from doing investigations? Oh yeah. I've, I have many. In fact, in my book, um, diary of a ghost whisperer, I talk about some of these stories, but uh, I was on an investigation in Biloxi, Mississippi at the home of former Confederate president Jefferson Davis, which is now a museum. And then they have like these little cottages that you can rent. And there was a civil war site. Um, there was also an orphanage. There's there's there a lot of activity. There's just a lot going on. And there was one situation that just it made me laugh so hard. We're in the library of the main building of the main house. And I see this ghost of a soldier. And I'm, you know, I'm very clairvoyant. I see um, other people won't necessarily see what I see. In fact, I usually don't, but this is his ghost. And he, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie death becomes her, but like, I think it's, Meryl Streep's character where she has like a hole in her stomach mm-hmm. yeah, where she got shot out or whatever. He was like that. It was like he had a hole and what I got was like a, some kind of, I don't know if it was a cannonball or something like shot right through him and he had like a giant hole in his torso. You could see right through it. Boom. And he was, you know, he's a, he's dead so he's not, you know, <laughs> in that still. But uh, he was communicating with me. I was relaying to the team, the paranormal investigation team, what I was sensing, but the meters weren't going off, you know? So in paranormal investigation, you have EMF readers and, you know, different equipment, um, you know, that gauges temperature and things like that. Infrared cameras, none of the equipment was going off. So, you know, the team was like, let's go somewhere where there's more active. I'm like, no, it's active. He's talking. I'm like, he's right here. This guy he really wants to talk. <laughs> and I'm like trying to tell him, you know, what he's saying. And, but the, everyone's focused on their equipment. So they're like, okay, let's just go into this other room. And everyone was getting their stuff and gathering it ready to move on. So we're, there was this board that was leaning up against the wall. And, and it was like, there was a, a table right in front of it. So as everyone's gathering their stuff, and I'm basically like, hey guys, he still wants to talk. He's still right here. This board by itself, no, there was no vent behind it, nothing, um, falls on the table and makes this, Flack, like super loud sound, like one of the paranormal investigators screamed because it was so like <laughs> shocking, like out of place. And it was like he was like, Hey, I'm here, pay attention, you know. So that was uh. just an example that was just so and if to me it was actually really funny. Like I wasn't scared, but I was actually kind of laughing because they were all like caught off guard and he was just trying to get their attention. So yeah, that was that was pretty dramatic. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so um with the ghosts that you see in the spirits like I've heard from other people's accounts when they see apparitions full-bodied forms um they don't always show like how they died like you said he had a hole in his stomach why do you think the ghosts appear like sometimes they'll maybe appear as a child form or maybe you know they go back to a place that they loved when they were a teenager or something like that um they don't always have, like, if you got shot, they don't always have a shot wound. <laughs> so yeah. why, why do you think they appear different ways? And my experience goes, do appear at least at the general age, for example, that they were when they died. Okay. That's, that's my experience. When a spirit goes into the light, which is like the gateway or portal to the other side, then they can appear however they want. So I've been definitely talking with a grandmother who looks like she's 19 because that's oh. how she wants to show herself. Okay. But as far as a ghost where they haven't, you know, fully crossed into the light and they're stuck here on the earth plane, 
to me, they usually are as they were like around when they died, not necessarily that their injuries are showing, but the, oftentimes there are. And I found that I think a lot of times that depends on their, their mindset and kind mm-hmm. of their mental space. So like I was at in West Hollywood and I was at a bar, St. Felix with a friend and um, just did not feel good there. And like, I, you know, when you glance out of the corner of your eye and I saw this guy and then when I glanced back, I couldn't see him with my physical eyes anymore. And I had to like tune in with my, my, you know, third eye, but I saw him and he looked like kind of green and like foaming at the mouth. And, you know, basically what I got was that he uh, had had a drug overdose. So he, yeah. he did look like he, like when he died and it was pretty disturbing looking for most people, they seem that I would have freaked out because it looked scary, but it's not that mm-hmm. he was scary or you know trying to scare he just was in a that's where he was that's what he was experiencing and he and when I talked to the owner of the establishment or the manager um I I felt like he was from around there and and what I learned was that um there had been a wake like this was on Friday and like on a Monday there had been a wake in the very booth that I was sitting by the way and where I saw him uh for a young man that had died and I believe that that was him that he had 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 a drug overdose um, so, but not always, sometimes they look, you know, pleasant and also not everyone's death is traumatic, you know, so that's the other right. thing. Sometimes people yeah. die and maybe for whatever reason, they just don't feel like they want to cross over. They want to stay with, at their home or with their loved ones or feel like something's unfinished. And it's not that they're going to show that in their physical form. Do you think when people do remain in the earth plane and they haven't crossed over into the light, um, that it's our job to help them cross over once they've done their business here. Or like you said, some people might want to stay just because there's people. You know, I think my opinion on this has changed over time. I used to feel a lot of responsibility and I still do sometimes help them cross. But at the same time, I think I honor, you know, their choice. And it's for example, I still do house clearing. So if someone hires me to clear a space and they have some unwanted, spiritual activity, whether it's ghosts or, you know, non-human entities, I will, I'll do my best to clear the space. And when I'm communicating with the ghosts, what I'll say is like, look, you, your body died. You don't have, you don't have ownership of the space anymore. I can't force you to cross. You can cross. I'll help you cross, but you can't stay here. Meaning like Mm. you don't have to cross. You do whatever you want to do. I'll open the light if you want to cross, but you can't be here with the owners of this place now because they don't want you here and you're no longer physical and you kind of gave up your right (laughs) in the (laughs) physical realm when your your body is what really ties you to here and yes a lot of them stick around and it's kind of in a way that's their choice but they don't it's not their realm anymore so I think it's complex and if if there's a spirit that's asking for my help and it doesn't feel like a drain or something to me I will do it but I'm also aware of my energy boundaries and there's certain places for example that it's just not a good idea for me to go because there's just so many spirits that feel lost and confused and can feel very draining. Hmm. Do you believe in um, aliens by chance? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I mean, <laughs> uh, it's funny because as I was opening up to my abilities, I hadn't really had any experiences yet. And I went and saw this uh, presentation. There was a, a guy named Paul Davids. He was the creator of the movie Roswell. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is the the telling of, you know, the Roswell incident. And he did this very compelling presentation. And after it, I was like, yep, they're real. You know, I just, just felt it. And then, you know, later on, I did, I have certainly had many experiences with non-human 
beings. And, and by the way, there's extraterrestrials and then there's extra dimensional beings. And sometimes people confuse the two. So extraterrestrial being is someone who's from this plane, but a different planet. So a different physical location, but still on this plane. And then you can also have beings that some people might think are extraterrestrial, but they're actually from a different dimension. And so I think there, there can be a lot of confusion about that, but I absolutely believe in extraterrestrials. And I just want to say that just because someone appears physically human, it does not mean that they are. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of beings that look human and are very much not human. Uh, Some celebrities, certainly people in politics. So just, just an FYI. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely heard some theories. I don't know if they're like the same, but like I've heard theories about humans who are actually reptilians or things like that. So that's always, yeah. you know, I'm not sure where I stand on that, but <laughs> I think, yeah, there, it's complicated. There's a lot out there. And I think there's, there's extraterrestrial and extra dimensional beings who are lovely and here to help us. And there's some that aren't and are not mm-hmm. very nice. And I'd recommend staying away. I've had some physical uh, situations with beings that were definitely not human. And as a psychic, like I can really feel that because like there's a certain energy signature signature and emotion to Hmm. humans. And then I'm like looking at these two guys, I'm like, you are not human at all. You do not feel human. I I was at a nightclub once and these two guys, they didn't feel human and they did not even act human. Like they were doing things that are very not normal kind of socialized behavior. So yeah, it definitely happens. (laughs) (laughs) Do, do you think that it'll eventually get to a point in time where we will live in harmony with all of these extra dimensional or extraterrestrials and people or uh, beings who are in other dimensions? Or do you think it's always going to be kind of like this uh, up and down, like not knowing? <laughs> I think it's uh, complicated for sure. And I think that, you know, there's all different types of soul development happening, meaning mature souls and immature souls and everyone's incarnating. And so that's why I think we can never probably really eliminate certain things like poverty or conflict, because as long as there are souls incarnating here that are going through those lessons, they're going to experience that. Mm -hmm. Now we can, as a people kind of continue to level up and grow. um, But this is happening, I think, with all the different planets and different dimensions as well. But the, the, more that all of us learn, the higher I think we do continue to shift. But uh, yeah, I don't know that it's ever going to be like, we're all just one happy family. Like, <laughs> I don't know that I see that. <laughs> uh, I mean, even in your own family, you're never one happy family. Right, right, exactly. It's the micro and the macro. So I think what we can do is focus on our piece and just you know be the best that we can and learn what we are here to learn. And I think there's a lot of fear. One of the things that I don't like about a lot of these conspiracy theories, for example, even though some of them resonate as true, is like when you put your focus and energy on that, it just kind of makes it stronger and makes it worse instead of focusing on like what can we each individually do to make the situation better. That's a very good point. When you're referring to the light, is that something that you would consider another dimension or is that just an entirely different plane or how would you describe that? Well, there's, there's kind of light is in terms of light and dark energies and then the light, which is like a gateway portal to the other side. And then the other side is a very light plane. It's 
yeah, I, I, it's a plane or it's a place that, that we go when we're not incarnated. And it is amazing. It's wonderful. And, you know, it's interesting because being incarnated here, it's, it's a, such a mixed bag. Like, you know, there's <laughs> beauty and amazing experiences, but there's also things that feel really horrible and it's, it's all here, you know? <laughs> and it's interesting because there's actually, I don't know if you've talked too much on your show about like fallen angels, but fallen angels from my perspective are very real. And a lot of what made them fall is this desire to have this human experience and this incarnated experience. And so there, it creates a very strong, intense desire, but it's also very challenging. And the other side is amazing and lovely. And I will say that, you know, I've never talked to a person who experienced a near-death experience who wanted to come back. Like, I mean, they might feel that they need to, you know, for a sole purpose or something, but like in terms of like where they feel great, it's always the other side. It, it feels amazing there. And, and, and so uh, when my time comes, I'm in no hurry to move it along. But when my time comes, I'm, I'm not in fear of that at all because I know how amazing it is. And I actually remember the other side from before I was born. So I have oh, a very wow. strong belief in that. Yeah, my first memory is from right before I incarnated. Basically, they were like, hey, time to go. You got to go. And it, I was born into an abusive situation. It was very intense. And I was basically like, oh, okay, here we go again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew it. Uh, but yeah, it's very real from my perspective. What, what would you say for people to focus their energy and intention on for those who are afraid of death? I think uh, asking your angels and spirit guides to help you. Archangel Michael in particular is a really powerful angel for clearing fear. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest fears in the world right now. And that's part of why mm -hmm. coronavirus is really hitting such a nerve is that there's such a fear of that process. And, and it's a shame really, because I think it's actually very beautiful and, you know, both from my own, you know, experience as a psychic with my own life, but I was there when my aunt passed, she had cancer that was terminal. And I was the only like non-immediate family member that was there. And I just felt how incredible that was when her soul released and she crossed over. And it, I don't think it's anything to fear. I think it's very beautiful. And even if you feel alone physically with whatever you're going through, as you're crossing, you're never spiritually alone. And so just to remember that and to, and I think that's what happens when people die. They're suddenly can see the things that a lot of them that I see through my work and they're suddenly like, Oh, and you'll see <laughs> a lot of people talk about this during a pro the process when someone is transitioning, when they're crossing over that, you know, there, there's a moment where they're in their pain and they're, and then all of a sudden it's like they see something and their you know, their whole demeanor changes, their expression changes because they are feeling that energy seeing where they're going and it's really lovely and beautiful and I think we we don't need to fear that if you can just imagine that if you were to die and then you know right after that it's amazing and beautiful and a relief I think that's more accurate and I've never seen anything that is like you know hell or people being punished and and actually that does create a lot of ghosts is that fear of punishment and of hell and, and from my experience that's not anything that happens from what you've seen, um, is the other side different for each individual when they cross over into the light? Is it, do you get the video <laughs> messages from that side and can you see like what it looks like? I think the general process is the same, but some souls may, for example, if they've had more of a traumatic end, 
they might need a little bit more kind of soul rehabilitation and healing okay. um, that they go through. Uh, there is a life review process that, as I understand it, is, is pretty universal where after you incarnate, you review your life and look at things that happen, things that you might have done differently, the impact on other people, um, you know, pain that you might have caused other people, etc. So I think we all go through that, but we're also having different lessons. And so even that experience could be quite different for different people. And then once you're gone, gone through that whole process, being on the other side, um, there are some things that we all experience on the other side, but at the same time, you know, there is work that people do on the other side. And then we also can manifest very quickly on the other side. So what's on the other side for one person, what they want to experience may be very different than what another yeah. does. Because <laughs> we can kind of create that and, and experience it as we like, kind of like this instant manifestation. But here, you know, we manifest, but a lot more slowly. And some of that is the safety issue. Because if you could just think about being eaten by a lion, and then you're immediately eaten by a lion, that would be you know, <laughs> not very productive. So I think we have this built in kind of time thing to like, do we actually have to think about things more for them to manifest. And sometimes it's frustrating when you're trying to create something you want to, but it's also a safety thing. So we're not just constantly, you know, damaging ourselves with our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you just said about the life review, do you think that's where the saying your life flashes before your eyes comes from? Um, there would be a little element of that. I have heard that from people who've had near death experiences that they get the kind of a mini flash of that. But then once you fully cross over, I, I, my understanding is that you have a more full, like long, you know, not, not just this quick, like flash, but like you literally go through. Um, and there's a movie with Meryl Streep. I think it's called defending your life where they, they show that. And I thought it was really funny. Um, like the, they go, you know, that basically people go through and they kind of review what went well, what didn't kind of like, it's a project yeah. that you're reviewing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must up through years 15 <laughs> to 17, but Hey, everything else is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really uh, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I usually try to end with asking whoever I have on the show for a piece of advice to impart to listeners. And then if there's anything that you have going on that you would like to promote or tell people to go check out. Sure. So I just think I'd love everyone to understand that they have access to this realm, you know, their intuition, angels and spirit guides, that as the whole people are way more powerful than they've been taught to believe that we can co-create, you know, this reality together. Uh, I have so many resources. If you, if you feel drawn to my podcast is healing powers podcast. I have seven books on various aspects from the supernatural to angels to manifesting. So, you know, many different books to help specifically with those things. And if you're interested in psychic readings or training you can find out on the services page of my website which is healingpowers.net and yeah just encourage people to reach out i'm on instagram pretty active there at laura powers 44 44 is an angel number and then also on facebook at healing powers <laughs> well, very cool thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your stories and experiences i really appreciate it you are so welcome it's my pleasure <laughs>